Welcome to A Midwife Life. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rosalind. We're bringing together a community of midwives to learn, grow, and have fun in the shared experience of living a midwife life. This is Rosalind. Thanks for taking the time to listen to another podcast. Today is going to be a little bit different because, um, sigh, sadness, our soundboard that we purchased so that Courtney and I can talk together is broken. It's brand new. We recorded a few episodes and now it is no longer working. So I'm in the process of returning that and getting a new one, which means in the meantime, we want to keep up with our weekly episodes. So Courtney and I are going to be doing something different than we had originally planned, and that is we are going to be recording some individual episodes, but I think that they're going to be great and give you some useful and helpful information. So in today's episode, what I want to explore is just asking the question of what type of midwife do I want to be? So this is for people that are really in the early stages of exploring midwifery. And um, if you are looking into it closely, you'll find that uh, there's a few different types of midwives in the United States. Um, so there is the CNM, so Certified Nurse Midwife, and the requirements for that are a master's or a doctorate, and you need to be a nurse prior to becoming a certified nurse midwife. And you have uh, hospital privileges. You can also work in birth centers or in home birth. And it is recognized, that license is recognized in all 50 states. So you have a lot of flexibility with that license. Then there's, um, well, it's not brand new, but it has been slow to make way in a lot of states. Um, but it is recognized. I should look now because I think a couple more states have been added. I'm going to guess like five states and I can, I'll put in the information in the blog post um, and link up to it to give you the accurate information is the certified midwife license. And that is a direct entry license still requiring a master's degree or a doctorate um, level of education, but you don't have to be a nurse prior to um, getting that license. And I would say that looking at different countries where midwives are in pretty much, I would say, <laughs> venture to guess, uh, every country are practicing. And so when we look at countries and in other industrialized nations, they're using midwives and those midwives typically don't have a nursing background. Not that you can have a nursing background and become a midwife, but it's not a requirement. And I'll get into my uh, personal story too and asking these questions for myself, but I can say as somebody coming into this later in my life, already having a bachelor's degree, and knowing that I wanted to be a midwife, I find it and found it at the time really frustrating to spend the time and the money getting a nursing license. When I knew that I wanted to be a midwife, there is no difference in outcome, um, dependent on if you look across provider types and 
educational access, like there is not an, a difference in outcome. So you can be an excellent midwife coming into midwifery with all different backgrounds. And you certainly do not need to have a nursing license to be a great midwife. Not to say that there aren't great midwives that have nursing licenses. And I have many family members that are nurses. I have uh, such high regard for that profession. And so please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. This is nothing. My opinion is nothing against nursing. And my beef is that it is, in my opinion, a waste of time and money to require people in the United States to become nurses before becoming midwives. So I think that this certified midwife route, um, it has, I think, a lot of potential um, because with that license in the states that it's recognized, and I know for a fact that New York is one of those states, um, those people that are certified midwives can work across all different settings as well. So that means that they can work in a hospital, a birth center, or home birth. And looking to the future of midwifery and um, looking at how we can collaborate effectively with other medical providers and really be integrated in the system. I think that the certified midwife licensure is uh, really full of a lot of potential. And if you're a certified midwife listening to this, um, I would just love to interview you and hear your thoughts about that educational route. And so another route of entry is becoming to becoming a midwife is certified professional midwife at CPM. And that is what I am. That's the route that I ultimately chose. And again, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But uh, so certified professional midwives, they're not recognized in every state. And so there are states that they um, can legally work in. There's what are called like illegal states where it's just really unclear. There isn't a law one way or another. And then there are some states where it is actually illegal. New York is another example. It is actually illegal to practice as a certified professional midwife in the state of New York. And it's ridiculous. And there's a case going on right now where a CPM was arrested for allegedly providing midwifery care when she's not a midwife, when in fact she is. So it's just a big mess. Um, and there's an open letter that Mana wrote in response to that that I thought was really effective. But then looking at the CPM, there's different routes of education. So CNM, CM, Certified Nurse Midwife, and Certified Midwife, you have to get, um, you have to have a bachelor's degree, you have to have, and then at least go on to um, master's degree. And I think even now the trend is to get your doctorate. Um, so required higher level of education. CPM, there are a variety of routes of entry and the requirement is a high school diploma. And that's where some people get all their feathers ruffled and um, saying that that isn't adequate. And certainly we could debate that. But again, I think you have to look at the studies that show that there is not a difference in outcome on provider type or type of education. So I think that we really have moved in a direction of valuing higher education. And that's important but midwifery has traditions of apprenticeship, of hands-on training, of learning um, by, by working and through that apprenticeship model. And there's a lot of other professions that also historically have trained through apprenticeship. And I think maybe we should step back and really 
question the erasure of those models overvaluing um, higher education. But that is, again, a whole different topic. People get really um, passionate about it, and I think we can continue to explore that more. Uh, But for the purposes here, I just kind of wanted to give you a little overview of that. But to say that for CPM, minimum requirement for that license that you're getting through the North American Registry of Midwives, NARM, um, is a high school diploma. Now you can go on through MEEK accredited universities, um, non-MEEK accredited universities, the portfolio education process, which is what I did, which is an apprenticeship model. So there are a lot of different ways that one can get licensed and educational pathways that one can do to get licensed and recognized as a certified professional midwife. And then within that, I will say that for the states where CPMs are recognized medical providers, licensed providers, some states then have their own licensure requirements for CPMs. And I'll give you an example. For me, I live in the state of Oregon. And so I have my national license, which is the Certified Professional Midwifery License that's issued through NARM. And then I am also a direct entry midwife in LDM in the state of Oregon. And in the intro podcast, you probably heard all these acronyms and maybe you were confused. And so in LDM in Oregon, and this varies state by state, it it requires um, a number of things. And one of those being a CPM and having that license. And then there's additional requirements um, on top of it. And to be able to practice and use the term midwife in the state of Oregon, you have to have your CPM and your LDM. So be a certified professional midwife and a licensed direct entry midwife. Now, Oregon also, or still, recognizes traditional midwives. However, they can't advertise anymore. And this has just changed recently within the last handful of years. Traditional midwives um, can't advertise those midwives and they also can't carry medications that licensed direct entry midwives in Oregon can carry. I can carry oxygen, uh, Pitocin, Cytotec, Methrogen, Rogam, Erythromycin, Vitamin K, those kinds of things. So a traditional midwife in Oregon now is really constrained and they have to have people sign a form stating that they're a traditional midwife, um, that their education level hasn't been verified, and that they can't carry life-saving medications. And so they can still practice, but there's some restrictions, I guess, if you will, or some requirements around how they practice and how they advertise. And that then brings us into uh, traditional midwives. And so traditional midwives um, could be a range of, I mean, people with all sorts of different backgrounds and degrees and experience level that are choosing to not be licensed for one reason or another. And um, so with a being a traditional midwife, it just really depends on the state that you live in. I kind of talked about Oregon, the rules around um, how you practice, what you can carry, what you can and can't do, those kinds of things. And the next type of midwife in the United States is a naturopathic midwife. So a naturopathic midwife is a naturopathic doctor, also known as an ND, who has then gone on to do additional training as um, a midwife. And so 
they have different scopes of practice and different recognition in every state as well. In the state of Oregon, naturopathic midwives um, work in birth centers and in at home, doing home births. I don't know of any that have hospital privileges, um, but that is another type of midwife here in the United States that's practicing. And to be a naturopathic midwife, you're essentially going through medical school, but the ND program, instead of doing um, a MD or a doctor of medicine or a DO, which is a doctor of osteopathic medicine. And um, there are a number of midwives I know here in Oregon that are naturopathic doctors that are practicing also as midwives. So that is the alphabet soup of midwifery. And um, gosh, I would really love to hear what your thoughts are as you're exploring this and trying to decide what route is great for you. Because uh, I, from from my perspective, it was just so frustrating. It was already like this this big jump to change careers and to become a midwife and then looking at, do I become a naturopathic doctor that's also a midwife? Do I become a certified nurse midwife? Do I become a CPM, a certified professional midwife? Or do I become a traditional midwife? Uh, The state of Oregon doesn't recognize CMs, but okay, so what is that? Naturopathic doctor that's a midwife, a certified midwife, a certified nurse midwife, a certified professional midwife, and a certified nurse midwife. That's five different types of midwife licensures and different routes of entry in the United States. I think that um, this is a topic that we need to come together and talk about and figure out how we can move midwifery forward in the United States because we know that most people are still seeing um, OBGYNs and there are really great improvements in outcome and in people's satisfaction when they have access to midwifery care. And I believe that every person should have the right to have a midwife and have access to midwifery. And so the question is, especially when we have five different types of midwives, and forgive me if I forgot one, um, you know, how do we come together to have that single voice to just raise awareness um, around midwifery? But that's going to take time, and that's a conversation that's happening, it has been happening, and will continue to happen. So for you listening who is considering becoming a midwife and trying to determine like what route is best for you, there's a number of things that you should take into consideration. And I highly recommend that you go to MANA, I'll link this in the blog, There is this great article, it's called 15 Questions to Ask Before Choosing a Midwifery Path and Program, and it's written, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing her name, um, Teresa McLean, a licensed midwife. Um, She is listed on MENA's website as the Director of Public Affairs under this blog, and she lists these 15 topics, and so I'm going to go through them kind of quickly and, um, and just share like my thought process and how I ultimately decided on becoming a CPM and maybe my story and just thinking about these questions can kind of help you narrow down what path seems the most appropriate to you. So the first question is a really important question. Where do you want to practice? 
If you want to practice in a hospital, then your answer is pretty clear because currently and for the very foreseeable future, um, the only people that have rights to practice midwifery in a hospital are certified nurse midwives, or if you're in a state that recognizes certified midwives, then you can choose that route if you have a bachelor's degree in a different um, area other than nursing. So if you want to practice in a home birth setting or in a birth center setting, then, you know, your all of your options are kind of still those five different options to explore are still open. So think about the practice setting that you want um, to be in and how you want your life to look. And I'm just going to go through these quickly. But now thinking about this, I'm like, wow, that's a whole podcast in and of itself. Um, what considerations to take into of where you want to practice. So um, I think I'll do that. I dedicate kind of a podcast to each of these questions or the ones that seem like um, they warrant a lot more time. And then the next big question outside of where do you want to work and which setting do you think that you most want to work in? What scope of practice do you want to have? It's interesting and talking to different midwives. I have a friend of mine who, who talks about that they didn't really think about doing newborn care as part of being a midwife and how surprising that was in their training when the baby was born and then they had to take care of the baby also and do the newborn exam. And Courtney talked about how she hadn't really considered GYN care as part of becoming a certified nurse midwife. And so really think about the scope of practice that you want to have. So if you want to do women's health care, and do things outside of just the prenatal, intrapartum, and postpartum period, then you're going to want to look more in depth at a certified nurse midwife, a CM certified midwife, or a naturopathic doctor that's also a midwife. And those three also can have um, prescriptive authority. So do you want to be able to write prescriptions? Do you want to be able to um, provide birth control? You know, these are things that are important questions to think about when you're deciding what type of midwife you want to be. And I think like, I'm really envious of Courtney in this, is that she also got licensed as a family nurse practitioner. And so she has a scope of practice that's very much like a naturopathic doctor, and that she can take care of children um, longer than like a CPM, my scope goes until eight weeks. And then after that, the um, baby would need to transfer to to a different provider that can provide well child care. And so I think it's really great. And going further, um, like with the family nurse practitioner and the naturopathic midwife, they can take those um, scopes of practice, can take care of a whole family if you want. So if you kind of want to go back to that time of um, the family practice doc that took care of the whole family, caught the babies, you know, did that full family care 
that that's kind of like, I think those are your best options unless you wanted to become a physician perhaps, but we're talking about midwifery here. So, you know, in that essence, if you wanted that bigger scope of practice, you're going to want to look at something like a, a certified nurse midwife where you're adding on a family nurse practitioner or another advanced practice degree where you can take care of the people that you're wanting to, um, or a naturopathic doctor that can take care of everybody and also be a midwife. If you know, like, no, I just want to really focus in on the prenatal, intrapartum, and postpartum time period, or one of those periods, then a traditional midwife or a certified professional midwife are great options and are going to give you the scope of practice that you want. So I think in considering all of these different questions that we're talking about here today, this scope of practice is really the the biggest one to really spend time in exploring. If you're not sure, try to find different people that have different scopes of practice and talk to them. Maybe see if you can even go um, job shadow with them and ask lots of questions, ask yourself questions and try to really clarify when you say that you want to be a midwife, what does that look like to you? What do you, what do you envision yourself doing? And also being open to knowing that you could find areas that once you get into it, that you're surprised that you enjoy so much. So that's why it's like great to, if you have the opportunity to, to spend some time exploring that further, who do you want to serve? Um, what does it look like the community that you want to serve? Um, because if you look at the statistics out of hospital births, that's predominantly, um, white middle-class to upper-class women that are having, uh, home births now in states where Medicare or Medicaid, excuse me, reimburses, then you get a little bit more diversity. So if you have a real specific population that you're wanting to serve, um, you know, you might want to take into consideration what that looks like if that means that you're really going to need to be in a hospital, like perhaps you want to be giving midwifery care, but to people that have um, complications in their pregnancy and that are in the hospital. And in that case, you would need to be a CNM or a CM working in the hospital setting. And also like, what are the laws concerning midwifery in your community? So take some time and do some research and talk to other midwives in your area and find out, like, are there licenses required? If so, um, what what do you have to do? What are the limitations or what is the scope of practice, I guess, of that licensure in the state? Do you agree with that? So really considering um, the laws <laughs> and what you can and can't do and how you feel about that is also going to help you narrow down the type of um, license that you want to get to be a midwife. And then do you want to move around the country or to have that option? You know, for me, I can say that I am, like I mentioned, a CPM and I went through the PEP process. So that limits me. There are certain states, I'll say California, I'm a native Californian. And with currently not having a meek education um, associated with my license, I can't practice in the state of California because they require their CPMs to have graduated from a meek accredited course to then get their licensure to practice in California. So there's limitations. 
of where I can move. And if that's important to you to be able to move, then you need to, to think and to look at those states, what the current climate is, but to know that currently, um, the only licensure where you can practice in all 50 states is a CNM. I could be wrong. I have to say that I haven't done a ton of research on um, naturopathic midwives because that wasn't a route that I really considered for a long period of time. And so I, I could be missing that. But I'm pretty sure CNM is currently the only licensed midwife that can practice in all 50 states. And then in considering what type of midwife you want to be, um, think about like the schooling that's a requirement for that. Can you relocate to go to midwifery school? That was one of my um, challenges as well. It's like when I was considering becoming a CNM, I was like, I am going to have to like leave my family. My family's not going to relocate. That's just not an option for our family. And so what am I going to leave my family for three years to do an accelerated CNM program? That just didn't seem realistic or doable with uh, children. And so I, that's one of the reasons that I did not do the CNM program. It's the biggest reason actually, is there was just nothing uh, close to me. I mean, Portland's a couple hours away. I can't commute four hours a day to go to school. I mean, perhaps that works for you, but it doesn't work for me. It didn't work for me. So um, look at the schooling that's around you and your ability to one, pay for that schooling, your ability long-term to repay student loans if you're getting those and um, yeah, relocating or what's close by. Also like how good are you at being organized and learning independently as a CPM that went through the PEP process, you have to be really well organized and you have to be really dedicated to learning on your own. And it's hard, especially when you're working really long hours and um, your clinicals go on and on and on and on. Um, you have to find that dedicated time to, um, to study independently. If you need to have more structure and more accountability, then you're going to be looking at, you know, uh, perhaps brick and mortar schools or accredited programs that are going to hold you accountable by having regular um, classes and deadlines and that structure. So if you need that, then you should be honest with yourself and seek out um, something that fits with your um, the best way that you learn. What about like clinical training? Um, I think that it's important to look at your community and look to see like how easy is it going to be to get a clinical placement and without having to relocate or how easy is it going to be to get an apprenticeship and looking at the schools, like even for um, CNM programs, you need to, for some of them, you actually have to go out and you have to find your own preceptor and CPM programs as well, where some are, have dedicated placements for you. So, you know, is the thought of like going out and finding a preceptor or somebody to apprentice with make you kind of want to vomit? Well, then that's going to help you kind of narrow down um, what the best fit for you is consider like your financial resources. I do see, and I've seen heated discussions and comments on some midwifery groups, um, about, 
finances and resources and certain routes being less expensive or more expensive. There's an expense to all of it. There's a financial cost to everything. There's an emotional cost to everything. And um, so just looking at how, <laughs> what, what fits your, your resources the best. And I, I have a lot to say with exploring that. And I will do another podcast, I think, like looking into that. And but yeah, so do you need financial aid? Do you not? Um, can you commit to working years without a paycheck? Um, you know, do you want to have a set time period that you know that you can finish in if you keep up with the program? Or do you want it more informal and open ended? And then Right now, do you have the time to commit to midwifery training? There's a lot of people that I know that have come to midwifery through having a great or not so great experience and in their own uh, pregnancy and birth and postpartum. And it can be really tough to become a midwife when you have small children. People do it all the time, and I am in awe because... um, it's, it's a huge sacrifice and you're going to be away from your family a lot and it's going to be really hard. And regardless of the route that you take, it's going to take years. It's going to take a lot of hard work and it's going to take (laughs) countless hours. And so really thinking through if this is the best time in your life, um, to pursue midwifery. I think that honesty is really important. And also, if you're going to need to work while you're in training, doing midwifery training, I think any of these types of midwifery training and also holding a job, not impossible, but really tough and challenging for, for each area and route that you decide to go. I hope that this has been helpful. Um, I know that when I was looking at becoming a midwife and exploring all the different routes. Like I had wished that there was something out there like this. And I think that there are a number of other people that also wish that because I see um, posted frequently people putting together material like this. Um, It's more in written format than in an audio format that I'm familiar with, but um, putting together material to help people wade through all the different routes that can be taken to become a midwife. And that's your goal is to become a midwife. And it's really exciting, but it's also really overwhelming because there's five different ways that you can go to become a midwife. And then every state has different rules and different scopes of practice and just different climate. Actually, that goes down to communities of being a midwife and being accepted as a midwife in that community. And so it's a lot to take into consideration and um, it's hard to know what what will be best for you. But I think going through these different questions that we've talked about, like writing them out, thinking about them, talk to different midwives, like really go get involved. That was the biggest piece of advice um, that I got. And it's really how I became successful and um is and became a midwife is that I got involved. I called people. I went to midwifery conferences. Like I went to statewide meetings, you know, I did a doula training. Go get involved in your community and try to talk to as many people as you can that are working in a variety of settings, because that is really, you're going to get each person's unique perspective, 
what their route was, what their story was, um, an understanding of the difficulties, the challenges, the, the positives, and how the climate is in the community that you're living in. And then with all of that, you're going to be able to better piece together what is the best route for you. So thanks for taking the time to listen to this. I can't wait to hear your feedback, what you think the biggest barrier to becoming a midwife is for you. And let me know like what questions you have or how I can help you. I research midwifery. I think about midwifery pretty much all the time. So I'm happy to help you kind of explore some of these questions and navigate it to try to determine what feels like the best path for you. All right. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. If you like what we're doing, there are a few ways you can support us. The best ways are telling your friends about midwife life and getting involved. You can also leave us a comment, write a review, and share your thoughts and experiences. If you haven't already, be sure to like Midwife Life on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at A Midwife Life. We post midwifery questions of the day, funny memes, and well, all sorts of other things that you don't want to miss out on. We also have a website, midwifelife.com, where we have a blog and we are adding resources and information all the time. All right. Thanks for being with us on this crazy journey of a midwife life.